Welcome and thank you for joining us on Inside Bend, a podcast where we get an inside look at the city of Bend from the people who keep our city running. You'll hear about the innovative ways our local government is responding to our community's needs and helping shape Bend's future. I'm your host, Jacob Larson. The month of February is Heart Health Month, so we thought this would be a good time to chat with Bend Fire and Rescue about what they do to respond to people in our community who experience cardiac arrest. EMS training captain Peter Hosick joins the podcast to explain why response times are so critical when responding to a cardiac event and gives some great tips on how you can help save a life. Okay, today on the podcast, I am joined by EMS training captain Peter Hosick. Peter, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. I appreciate it. Yeah, super excited to be on today and uh, talk a little bit about cardiac arrest and survivability. Awesome. Yeah, we thought it would be a good uh, chance to have you on um, to talk cardiac arrest and heart health and that sort of thing. February is Heart Health Month, so um, we wanted to chat a little bit about that. But before we dive into all of that, um, let's get to know you a little bit. So how long have you been here at Ben Fire and Rescue? Uh, in April, it'll be 24 years. What kind of made you want to get into uh, firefighting in this line of work? Uh, well, to be honest, I didn't initially start here. I was thinking more pre-med at U of O. Okay. And um, it's only as I kind of got a few years into it and spent a lot of time in the science library and stuff. Um, <laughs> And kind of came back and was working summer jobs as a lifeguard and stuff. And to be honest, my first opportunity was um, to work for Sun River okay. as a volunteer. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, yeah, this might be good for my med school application. I'll, I'll be an EMT and I'll kind of spruce that up and, and have some background before I go into that. And I got, in, got into doing that and quickly realized that I really loved this part of the job. Um, it's obviously out in the field. It's not not near as clinical as as the hospital is, and um, quickly kind of fell in love with the profession. That's great. That's great. Um, and so now you're obviously have come up through the ranks. You're a captain now. Mm-hmm. What does a training captain do? So uh, for the city of Bend, I kind of oversee all of the uh, EMS training for all of our 130 personnel, EMTs and paramedics and EMTAs. So keeping them up to date with state certification, we have to do you know X amount depending on your level of CE hours. So you must research. We have to research kind of logically CPR every two years, just like everybody else. And uh, yeah, kind of keeping us on the forefront of the science stuff. Why is it so important to kind of keep up on those things and continue not only your education but also continuing to train our firefighters and EMTs? Well, because like like everybody may know, this you know the world of information just goes faster and faster and faster. Medicine's no exception to that. You know, as we get more access and build bigger databases and are able to start doing more science and see what's coming out, you know, the, the information that we're learning is just, it comes faster and faster. And, but as, as medicine grows and it, it just is coming faster than ever, it, it's really important that we stay on top of it. And we don't, you know, let moss kind of grow on our feet because, you know, our job is to protect the public and bring them, you know, cutting edge medicine basically out in the field. So when you're having that worst day of your life, you wreck your car, you have a heart attack, you have a stroke, we're bringing you hands down the best, you know, um, medicine that you can get anywhere in the country. How often are the firefighters and EMTs here at Ben Fire and Rescue kind of required to go through that updated training? So generally we'll do an EMS training once a month and then we have separate much longer 
uh, drills. We'll do uh, once a year, we'll do a full eight hour drill with them. Cardiac's coming up. So we have a whole eight hour day with cardiac. So we'll bring in our medical physician advisors with that. We'll do cardiac arrest. We'll do some of the other heart attack rhythms with them. And then like next year, we'll do eight hours of just pediatrics. So we'll do pediatric level stuff from hearts to seizures to, um, you know, all the other things, drownings that, that go with pediatrics. So those are some of our big trainings. And then obviously we, we build in other things. Um, you know, unfortunately, active threat, we're working on a big drill right now, teaming up with Ben PD on stuff like that. You mentioned, you know, teaming up with Ben PD too. Are, are you helping to train police officers as well with CPR and when it comes to cardiac arrest? Yeah, I can't say enough about Ben PD. Um, years ago, uh, we kind of came to him and just said, hey, we would, can you guys think about taking, you know, AEDs on it? And um, they were totally receptive. They, they went out there, got AEDs for all their cars. Um, we came in and said, hey, we would like to, you know, basically kind of take over your training for the police officers, teach you high-performance CPR, the same thing we're doing, because we're looking at our data and it says, Police officers beat us by two minutes, almost all the time. And those two minutes are precious gold when it comes to life and death. So going to them and saying, hey, we need your help, and can't say enough about Ben PD again, there are plenty of police officers and departments all across this country where that would be unheard of. Like, we don't do, you know, you know basically giving Band-Aids to people in CPR, that's the fire department's job or EMS's job. Yeah. You know, we'll go. But, you know, we're not going to get involved. And, you know, Ben PD has been, and, and even BCSO has been great about jumping in and being helpful. And there are many lives where the people really owe the officers the biggest thank because they, they got there quick and our, and our dispatchers coaching them early on. For sure. Yeah. Um, I think that's important. Like, talk to me a little bit about that extra two minutes that Ben PD can provide before you know EMTs and firefighters get there and how crucial that can be if you are having a heart attack. Man, so if you are in cardiac arrest, Jacob, so your heart has stopped 100%. We know that that blood in your system, a lot of it still has oxygen on it. It's just not moving anywhere. And the longer it sits still and we don't oxygenate things like your brain, the more likely we are to start to get long-term consequences. You know, if we go much past four to six minutes on your brain, you're going to have long-term neurological damage from that. So two minutes could be the make or break for that person going back to their life, doing all their fun things that they do with their family to potentially having to have long-term care. So two minutes is in, in my world for cardiac arrest and the fire departments is, is really everything. So that little bit, even, you know, throwing, and that kind of goes to response times, buying another 30 seconds or a minute from us buys you more time basically, um, to protect your brain, to protect your heart, all those things where there's cardiac arrest or stroke or any of these things, we know that there's this ever-evolving piece of time-sensitive emergencies. And, and so many of these, like the clock starts ticking from the moment it starts. And it's so important that we come in and do our jobs and get you up to higher levels of care you can actually take. And how it's been explained to me too, it's because yep. the police officers are already out on the road. They're able to respond quicker, whereas firefighters are at a station. It, exactly. So... Uh, if we're lucky sometimes in the day, yeah, we're in the station, right. but like everything else in Bend, we're growing fast. A lot of the time, these guys are trying to deal with, they had training in their day and they've got, um, you know, basically com company level training on top of that. And then maybe they have meetings that they need to attend because so many of our firefighters here are involved in all other pieces of the department. They, 
they help out from everything from safety to um, you know OSHA related stuff to you know all these other committees that you know we ask them to be part of basically in addition to being good firefighters and paramedics and stuff. So yeah, a, a lot of times uh, the cops are just out and about and they're closer. And again, the, the first, our first point of emergency contact remains Deschutes County 911. We work really closely with those guys. Um, like the police here, they are one of the top dispatch centers in the country. Let's talk a little bit about uh, cardiac arrest. You kind of touched on it a little bit, but yeah. maybe explain to people what happens when you have a heart attack and then what you're trying to do when you're performing CPR to help them. Yeah, I think uh, one of the first things I'd like to, to get out to your listeners is we kind of equate heart attack and cardiac arrest as the same thing. Uh-huh. Really, they're a little bit different, and we okay. haven't done a great job of educating the public on that. Like AHA has said, heart attack, and we just kind of made that the catch-all category. Okay. Cardiac arrest is actually when your heart stops. Heart attack would be like, look, there's an elephant sitting on my chest. I have chest pain. We would like to catch everybody at that point. Hey, I'm having chest pain. I don't feel right. I'm sweaty. You know, that's the very male symptoms to have that. Like at that point, please call 911 for us. We will come and check you out at your heart at your house, we'll put on the EKG leads, we'll, we'll check you out. Because if we can catch it there, that prevents the most dire next step, which is cardiac arrest. Women, you guys are still remain the total wild card. Also the most missed group for ER physicians and paramedics mm -hmm. for heart attack. Because mm -hmm. so often women come in with something like, I don't feel well today. Sudden onset of dizziness, sudden onset of nausea and vomiting. Um, I'm tired for no reason right now. Those, they don't have some of the classic male symptoms of there's an elephant sitting right in the center of my chest. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, yes, but a lot of times they, they're a little bit harder to detect. So we definitely encourage all of our, you know, female um, moms and sisters and everybody out there, if, if it doesn't make sense to you and you feel really off, go see your doctor or have us come check you out. As far as uh, uh, CPR and, and getting to people and, and kind of performing those life-saving measures. Um, what do you as EMTs and firefighters do? And then is there anything, let's say you see someone have a cardiac event, mm -hmm. what can Joe Smith on the side of the road do to maybe help out? Yeah, so Joe Smith, as we put in this thing, they are the hero in this thing. So as we kind of talked about earlier, having the cops buy us two minutes is, is huge. Having the public buy us four minutes Let's say that Ben Fire's average response time after the levy, it's come down quite a bit and we're so thankful for the voters to make us, allow us to get to your house faster for all these time sensitive emergencies. So four minutes earlier, like picking up the phone, 911, what's your emergency? Um, and then saying, okay, they're not breathing and they're not conscious yet. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna tell you exactly how to do CPR and begin it. So there we have the public doing CPR in the first maybe minute and a half of the event, or worse, sometimes people are found down in their homes and we're not really sure how long they've been down. But our best chance of survival for, for their loved one is to start CPR by the public before we ever get there, or even the police. Um, any quick tips you can give to someone who's maybe never done CPR training before in their life? So if you call 911, uh, the dispatchers will walk you through all the steps. Great. And you know that's really, challenging for the public. This is probably also the worst day of your life. All of a sudden, someone you love or yeah. the person eating dinner with you collapses and goes down and is not breathing. 
yeah, that's a very, you know, that's a lot of adrenaline in that event, right? Like trying to even remember my CPR class I took 10 years ago. Uh, let me think, is it five <laughs> to one? Is it 15 to two? What should I do? Nope, call 911 and the dispatchers are great. They will count with you. They will give you, tell you exactly what to do. They are kind of our connection between emergency services and, and the public in that moment. Does Ben Fire and Rescue offer CPR trainings for the community? We do, and we encourage everybody to come. It's free at first Wednesday of every month. Uh, it starts at 5.30, it's about an hour long, followed by Stop the Bleed, so teaching you how to do hemorrhage controls. So for all the people who do the Central Oregon lifestyle of all the outdoor stuff, mm -hmm. yeah, if you cut yourself really bad, we want you to be able to control the bleeding on that stuff too. Obviously, the levy was just approved uh, by voters. Yeah. That helps... Um, staff uh, some another fire station here in town and that helps response times. Yep. Um, what, what kind of are you seeing already from getting those response times lower and lower as far as survivability um, when it comes to a cardiac event? Again, we wanna thank the voters for passing that. That is one of the busiest engine companies in the entire city now. They are running tons and tons of calls. Um, there are many times they will get there first before the ambulance and start providing care. And that's that station um, right by the off, police station off of 15th Street, right? Yep, yep, yep. We like long term, I'm, I'm sure we're hoping to have an ambulance there as soon as we can. It's just in a great part of the city. Um, we can access a lot of spots from there. Um, I think that uh, that has been a huge success. And thank you voters again for passing that and making that available to us. Overall, the response times have dropped since then. Um, you know, I haven't seen the data for the entire year, but we're, you know, we were probably bouncing seven, seven plus before. We're down in the six, sometimes even a little bit lower than that to 630 range. And like I said, for every one of these time sensitive emergencies, those seconds really do count. You know, having, you know, a paramedic get there and start, you know, life-saving care, whether it's, you know, CPR or, or starting cardiac arrest, or whether it's just your, the heart attack, where, okay, we're gonna get you an IV, we're gonna get you some pain control, we're gonna take a quick look at your heart here, confirm and give the hospital an early heads up, hey, we're coming in with a heart attack, uh, have the cath lab ready so we can, we can get this person in immediately and save as much heart muscle as we can. Same thing with your brain, you know, strokes. It's all about the time. And as, as much as we train to be great at EMS, the, the true care starts in the hospital. Do you have any like success stories that kind of jump out to you over the years as far as cardiac survivability and oh. being able to return to your their normal everyday lives? So many. So what the community might not know is that since we really started working on this project, uh, this became kind of the quality improvement project for, for Ben Fire back in about 2012, 2013, um, where myself and the physician advisor Dr. Halinka Marsnik went up to Seattle. So Seattle is renowned for anybody not in medicine at being like one of the top most survivable communities in the entire country. Mm. They, they do this better than anybody. <laughs> so in those prior years, they started, they built something called the Resuscitation Academy where they would bring up fellows and, and teach you how they did it their way from you know, their dispatch center to their fire department, to police, to the hospital to all the pieces that made them successful. So we got a chance to go up there and uh, kind of sit down with them. And, you know, as a, as a paramedic, my whole thing is like, all right, sweet, what is it? Is it new drugs? Is it, can I get that tube in your mouth faster? Like what whiz bang medicine thing can I do? And here's the takeaway for the public and why 
please come take CPR from us. The most important thing for all those people is good early CPR. Hmm. That's what's going to save their lives. And that's what's, you know, since that training made us one of the top um, cardiac survivability communities in the entire country. And it, it's, a, it's a team effort. Please don't believe that Ben Fire is the only piece of this. It's, it's absolutely a chain. You couldn't do it without our partners. Um, and, but I think that the collaboration that Bend has here between dispatch and the police is truly a rarity. We're lucky to have one of the, the top, you know, survivability in the country. Um, I believe when I ran our last 10 year, we're running about 54% for 10 years. Again, Ben's numbers are kind of much lower than say Seattle where we'll run 70 to 100 cardiac arrests, they'll run 600. Wow. Um, so it's best to kind of take us, take the bumps out by averaging us. Yeah. Um, national survival average is about 33. Maybe your son had a success story while on vacation helping someone out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my son has inherited my wife's genes for walking into emergencies by accident. <laughs> so he and his uh, buddies, um, yes, Hayden, you did a great job. Dad's proud of you. Um, <laughs> were on vacation in Puerto Rico. They're on the beach. They look up the beach and there's the circle starting to form. And they're like, ooh. Uh, and my son had done uh, some time with Sunnerbird Police as a bike cop. And I think a couple of the other guys were bike cops there too. They, they saw this and like, oh, that's, that doesn't look right. So they go over there and this gentleman um, who was, I think he was in his 50s, had been kind of hit by a wave and must have been knocked unconscious. And they basically, his buddy found him out there and pulled him in and blew, not breathing. And their potential drowning victim. And you know, the circle had kind of formed and uh, all these, not just my son, but all of his friends jumped in, started CPR immediately, ordered them to, you know, the guy from the hotel, go in and get your AED for us immediately, um, start the 911 system toward us and immediately began resuscitation for, for on this guy. And, and resuscitation is always a team. It's the more you have, the better you are, are at it. So one of the key things we even teach our firefighters is, hey, you don't stay on the chest more than two minutes because you're going to get tired. Mm. Like this is, this is work. And when you come do CPR with us, you'll find out like two minutes is kind of a long time to pump on somebody's chest. So they were practicing that, doing some rotations. They, they ended up, I believe, defibrillating once and the guy coughed up water and woke up. Wow. And yeah, add a boy to all those guys who did that. Yeah. And that's just one of, you know, I'm happy it was my son on this case. Uh, but, uh, we have, you know, stories of the fire department doing, doing similar things over the years. Uh, you know, those numbers are great, but they equate to people going home to their families. Yeah. And it doesn't really matter what age you are, getting another shot at, you know, more years. And, and what we're finding is that if we resuscitate you and you go home to your family, you on average will get 10 or more years with your family after that point. And one of, you know, one of the great first cases that we had, uh, a gentleman that we resuscitated out in the field, he, he tends to write me like every year. And the last one, he had 10 years since his, his cardiac stuff. And, and he's like, hey, I'm, I'm going on my, I think it might have been his 50th anniversary, to Hawaii with my wife. <laughs> I'm like, this is literally why I come to work. Like this, this, is, this is the feel-good story. This is why paramedics and doctors and everybody do this stuff is, you know, because there are these cases where you get to save, truly save lives. Hearing those success stories, like not only like your son doing yep. the right thing on vacation, but this gentleman who who writes you every year and says thank you. Um, obviously, that's 
that's your reason, like your why for doing this. Totally. It, it just drives everything we do about this, you know, the, the extra time and stuff that goes into, you know, you know, keeping these programs up and going. This, this is why it's, it's to look those families in the face and said, yeah, we, we did everything we could and, and you get your loved one back. Basically, that's that's why we all do. That. Peter, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Of course. A big thank you to Peter for being our guest on the podcast this month. If you'd like to learn more about response times or find out when Bend Fire and Rescue is hosting CPR classes, you can head to bendoregon.gov fire. Thank you for tuning in to Inside Bend. If you enjoy listening, don't forget to subscribe and you can check back each month for new episodes. And also a very special thank you to the Pitchfork Revolution for providing us with this music. Mm-hmm.